Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, as promised this morning in my daily financial news, we have two great interviews today. First up, we have Ruben from San Antonio, Texas. Uh, you may have seen Ruben on Bigger Pockets rookie episode number 22. Uh, so we're bringing him back on this one rental at a time show to have a conversation. How are you doing, Ruben? Hey, I'm doing great, Michael, and uh, appreciate this opportunity to, to talk to you today. Oh yeah, this, this should be fun. I always, like, I always like talking to people who have full-time jobs and are making a go of being a landlord, right? Because that, uh, that, that was my story for 15 years. So I know about the challenges, finding time, you know, just dealing with all of that stuff. But for the folks that haven't seen Bigger Pockets Rookie episode number 22, let's introduce who is Ruben, what you do in this world, and, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, um, like you said, uh, my name is Ruben Galindo. I'm out of uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I'm a local Texas uh, resident here for obviously I was born and raised here in Texas. And uh, I am currently uh, employed with the Texas Department of Public Safety. I'm in the executive management level and I've been doing that for the last uh, 22 years. Uh, But about four years ago, I decided I wanted to get into real estate investing. I have a good friend of mine who uh, is a real estate investor and has been an agent for the last about 10 years now, 10, 11 years. And he knew I was interested and I started kind of saving up some money. And uh, one day he calls me out of the blue and says, Hey, I know you've been talking about getting started. I found a great deal. It's a foreclosure. Uh, The deal is so great. I want, I want to be part of that. So I'd like to see if you're willing to go in halves and get this uh, journey started. At least for me, he had already done it before. Sure. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I said, absolutely. I'm excited. Let's get it done. And that's what we did. And that's when it all started. Very cool. So again, just so everybody knows, uh, this first uh, first opportunity was in your backyard, right? It was in the town of San Antonio or city of San yes, Antonio. Yes, sir. Uh, the funny thing is I wasn't at the time living in San Antonio, but oh, okay. I've lived here before. I've worked here before. I just, because of my full-time job, I was actually stationed outside of San Antonio, okay. but I knew the market. So sure. uh, through my through my friend, obviously. Got it. Uh, so I was comfortable with the San Antonio market. And just so I'm clear, so I get my timelines right, are you in San Antonio today, full-time? I am today, okay. yes, sir. Got I, I got an opportunity to eventually come back uh, to San Antonio. Very cool. Okay, got it. Um, I actually don't know that I've shared this information on any episodes. My wife and I, back in 2008, we were looking at other markets. And the one that we looked at the hardest was San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing that I remember most, because we were looking at buying a block uh, it was like a block of fourplexes because we were going to do a big 10, 10, 1031 exchange at the time. And I remember, I remember the agent telling me those were beauty marks because there's a lot of settling in San, or San Antonio, as I recall, right? <laughs> yes, little, yes. I'm like, no, that's not beauty marks. That's a crack in the stucco. What are you talking about beauty marks? Yeah. Like, what are you trying to spend this? I mean, in California, that generally doesn't happen. So I, I just remember that vividly. That's a beauty mark? Really? Uh, I digress. You- I've never heard that term, but I kind of like it because, I mean, it's true. There are certain areas in San Antonio, the, the ground does move. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a house that's on the northeast side of San Antonio, which was my primary, primary home at one time. Yeah. And there's definitely some beauty marks in there, <laughs> uh, but it is structurally sound. Uh, yeah. I actually had a foundation guy come and take a look at it. He said, you're a little off, but 
if it was me, I would not spend the money to, yeah. uh, to do anything with it. Yeah. It, it's just, I, st- I still, re- I just remember that the agent spinning that beauty marks really those look like cracks to me, but okay. That was the salesman. In yeah. Here. I was like, wow, that's, that's a pretty good spin. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. I just had to share that story. Yeah. So let's talk about that first deal. I'm always interested in that first deal. So again, your buddy, real estate agent in the business, found a deal, wanted a partner. Uh, do, do you remember the numbers or the rough numbers? Oh, absolutely. So uh, my friend, Adam, uh, he was also, I listed him as one of my MVPs in, in the bigger pockets episode. Nice. Uh, but the house I think had been listed in the one fifties. It was a HUD foreclosure. Okay. And uh, somebody, uh, somebody had it under contract for whatever reason, it came back on the market okay. and it was listed at one thirty nine. Uh, we made an offer of one twenty seven okay. and, and got the offer accepted. Wow. Uh, so we bought it at 127. Nice. We put about $4,100 into it. We ended up having to repaint uh, the interior. Wow. We had to replace, uh, we removed some of the carpet and put some vinyl plank flooring. Sure. I uh, had to put some new appliances in there. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was wow. So, f- so did you, um, wow, 4,100 4, bucks is almost nothing for a, for a foreclosure. Uh, I'm guessing given that condition, you probably got a bank loan, I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. We got a 30 year conventional loan. Yeah. Cause again, it would have been, it probably would have passed if that's all you had to do carpet and some paint appliances. Right. Okay. But I will say this, Michael is, uh, I guess when the appraiser went out there, they noted that there was no appliances mm-hmm. and, uh, because I was a brand new investor and, uh, my friend Adam, he, I think he, at the time may have had one property. Okay. So he didn't have a, a consistent history. Mm-hmm. They did ask us to put $2,500 in escrow. Okay. In addition, and then they would come reinspect and after we closed and if everything was good to go, yep. and they would, we would get the money back. That makes sense. It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty common. And, and folks, uh, I suspect if the market goes where I think it's going to go over the next four or five years, uh, being asked as a new investor to put funds in escrow um, mm-hmm. won't be uncommon. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, so that's really cool. So again, the, the other thing that I want people to hear is it sounds like somebody so probably was online, right? HUD four, four years ago, yes. they probably still did stuff online, right? Yes, sir. So they did online. Somebody locked it up for whatever reason. They couldn't close at 150. That probably delayed it weeks, if not months. Uh, then HUD got frustrated, kicked that escrow out, slashed the price to 139. I don't want to say desperate because I don't think HUD's ever desperate. But no. they wanted it gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you throw in a 127, they say yes. And from there, 30, 45 days later, deal's done, right? Right. And, and this was, uh, I think we closed November of 2016. So we're coming yes. up on 40 years. And that house right now is probably market value about 185, 190. And, and it's, it's been rented by the same tenants ever since. Nice. Uh, so it's been cash flowing ever since. So you're into about 130, 131, maybe 132 with closing costs and all of that. What, what did it rent for four for years ago? When, when we first rented it out, it was at uh, 1395. Wow. The 1% rule. There you go. Yes, sir. Now we're, we're not getting as lucky now today okay. all right. as far as the 1% rule is concerned, sure. but, uh, but it worked out that day. Yeah. And uh, maybe is it 1500 today, four years later or what's, uh, you know, it's actually, if I was following the market rate right now, I probably would be about between 1550 and 1600. Okay. Now these tenants have been uh, real good tenants. Yeah. Uh, 
they're a little older couple, so you know they okay. have a limited income, and I'm just trying to do my part to help them out. So you kept it. What you're telling me is you kept it thirteen ninety five. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm currently at fourteen seventy. Okay, there you go. That's good. All right. So again, so you do this, you get your experience. You're, I'm guessing fifty fifty with your partner. I'm just guessing. Well, uh, funny thing is that I had tried to buy him out like a year and a half after we bought it, and he was not interested at the time. Sure. Then uh, he, there was another property that him and his wife wanted to buy, so he reapproached me. Okay. He said, "Hey, are you still interested?" So, make a long story short, March of 2019, I bought him out, so I own 100% of that property. So very cool. I like that. Um, did that mean you had to go refi the property? Yes, because uh, it was refinanced. It was financed in both of our names and yeah. I had to refinance it in just in my name. Only. And then he walked away with, I don't know, yes. 15, 20 grand, something like that. Yes. Yes. And I actually with the cash out refi is what I paid him with. So of course, came out of my pocket. Very cool. Uh, one thing I, I remember, I wrote about it in my book, my first cash out refi did not turn out well for me because, well, frankly, I, uh, I refied too much. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the cash flow disappeared and actually turned negative. Uh, I'm guessing in this environment, your rate was probably lower than when you first bought it. So maybe I'm guessing the cash out refi maybe hurt cash flow a little, but not crazy amounts. Right. Yeah. Just a little bit. I think it was only maybe $50. It wasn't really. And really that's because you got a bigger loan, but the rate was smaller and that's just the magic of mortgage payments. Yes. Yeah. It just kind of just worked out. somewhat balances out a yeah. little bit. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So now you're, uh, you know, you're the, you're the sole owner of that one. Uh, you've gone on to build a portfolio of five units. Are they all houses? Yes, sir. They're all single family homes. And they're all in San Antonio. All in the San Antonio area. Yep. San Antonio is a rather big geography. Are they within 20 minutes of each other? Like, are you focused on one part of town or is it like spread out north to south, uh, east to west? I, act I actually have in the neighborhood neighborhood that I currently live, I actually have three properties because I really like this area. Okay. And that was uh, where I bought that first property we were just talking about. I have okay. two others. I've All acquired right. two others since then. Nice. So I have three in that neighborhood and that's kind of a southeast uh, area of San Antonio. Okay. I have another one that is uh, south of San Antonio. Okay. It's in a fairly newer neighborhood, a golf course community. Oh, nice. And then I have one on the far west side, kind of not too far from the SeaWorld area. So like from your house, what's the farthest way? Are we talking 30 40, minutes. 30? Okay, that's cool. Yeah, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. This is the cool. furthest one. Got it. Um, and they're all single family homes. What, what is, uh, which one did you spend, which one had the highest uh, purchase price? Uh, $197,000 foreclosure as well Wow! in a gated community on the far west side of San Antonio. The house at the time had a market value of about two thirty-five. Okay. And uh, again, that one had been listed by, it wasn't HUD, it was uh, on MLS, Yep. but it was a foreclosure and it was listed initially at two twenty. Yeah. then it dropped to 210 yeah. and then it dropped to 205 and that's when I started uh, nice. making offers on it. So uh, when, when was your last purchase? That was it actually in February of 2020. Okay, cool. So I, you know, at least in my market, I don't see a lot of foreclosures at least yet. Uh, or at least I haven't seen any in the last couple of years. What makes, cause it sounds like you have let, you've done at least two foreclosures, the first one and the last one and, and maybe others. I don't know. What is it about Texas where foreclosures come up? <laughs> Sorry. You know, I, I'm not, obviously, I don't know what's creating these uh, foreclosure situations, but mm -hmm. here in the San Antonio area, um, 
four years ago, and I'm just basing this on what my friend Adam used to tell me. And sure. even before that, there was a lot of foreclosures on the market. He said oh, it yeah. wasn't uncommon to see 2025, 20, mm -hmm. you know, on, on, the, on the website. And yeah. now you may see five or six, and then all okay. of a sudden it's down to one or two. Yeah, so, um, that makes sense. It's really hard to say what's causing that. Um, aside from this pandemic, you know, San Antonio has a little bit of everything. You know, there's yeah. a lot of military here. Um, there's, um, we got, uh, down just further South of San Antonio. At one time we had a, a big Eagle Ford shell sure. business, you know, a lot of oil field type work. Yeah. I mean, there's just okay. a lot in San Antonio that has to offer that. Yeah, uh, it, it really does. Yeah. It really yeah does. I think San Antonio is overlooked by a lot of investors, right? A lot of people, when they talk about Texas, they talk about Dallas or Plano and they talk about Austin. Um, that's yeah. what attracted Olivia, my wife, uh, mm -hmm. to San Antonio. It was kind of like, not talked about a lot. And I like to fish where there's not a lot of people. So right. uh, that's why I liked San Antonio back in the day. Uh, so I'm just, since I on the topic of foreclosures, you've done five, you've done the first one and the last one for were foreclosures. Were the other three also foreclosures or uh, all of them have been foreclosures. Oh, okay. <clears throat> let me, let me back up a little bit. So one of them was a short sale. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So one of them was a short sale. And then the one I currently live in that was supposed to be property number six was actually a pre-foreclosure. Okay. So you're always, you're, your focus, again, just given your track record is on, um, you know, people that need to sell or mm -hmm. banks that need to sell, right? Yes, sir. Financial mm -hmm. stress. Okay. Right. Uh, I am curious, how often, how often do you look at your market? Are, are you looking at it every day? Do you hit it once a week on Friday? I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Every day. Every ah. day I'm looking at it now. I, I have a full-time job, but, yeah. uh, but you know, after hours, as soon as I get home, you know, get settled in or whatever, I, it's just real quick just to pull up on my phone what's yeah. out there. So I'm, it doesn't really take much. And I'm then, so I, glad you said that. Cause again, yeah, I, I, I did it for, I did it 20 years now, 20 minutes a day. It really doesn't take that much. As long as you know what you're looking for, put in the search, hit it, but you have to hit it every day, people. Right. And, and me and my friend, Adam, we, we talk, almost every day. So, you know, he's also on top of it and he's nice. retired military. So he really has a lot. Of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your, your boy Adam's hitting it two or three times a day <laughs> yeah, 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 he is. Yes. between his golf round and, uh, you know, beers yes. in the afternoon. Very, yes, very sir. cool. Uh, so again, I, I just want people to hear full-time job looks mm -hmm. every day. And again, you're looking every day and I don't know, I, so you just closed one in February. I mean, how many offers are you making, right? Are you making offers every week, every month? Because No, no. If, if I see an opportunity, um, you know, I'm not shy to, to make an offer. Even, even when I see houses in areas that I like, uh, yeah. in the neighborhoods that I like, I try to see, okay, if, can I be the first one to make that offer, yeah. even though it might not be what the number they're looking for? Yeah. I may just get lucky. Now, yeah. I haven't had that happen yet. But, but I'm happen. not shy, but I yeah. can. Uh, if I see that it's been sitting there for a while and I like the neighborhood, then guess what? I'm going to make that offer. Absolutely. You no, know? And uh, I haven't had one accepted yet, but I'm not going to stop trying. Yeah, keep trying, man. Again, I have 20 years of doing this. It, the, mar the real estate market we're in today, now I can't, just to be clear, can't speak to San Antonio at all. But my market is, there's no supply. I mean, it's like less than a month's supply, maybe just over a month now. But it's never been like this in 20 years. So the market will change. It'll adjust. And I promise you, you'll get something, right? I, oh, yeah. I built my portfolio, which almost totaled 200 doors at one point, all out of the MLS. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I had a full-time job. I, I'm not going to drive for dollars or do mailers or texting or, I mean, I just, I just, yeah, my, for me it was the morning, right? Up, right. get coffee, look at my searches before I did anything else. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then and, write, write an offer. It's easy. And that's what I'm doing. Same thing, Michael, uh, because I have a full-time job. I don't have time to really go around looking around now sometimes. And, and I need to set up a system for this, but uh, like this pre-foreclosure situation, I just went on the website, started looking, mm-hmm. I looked for the areas that, that I liked that would make good rental markets. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw like, like in this case, I saw five properties that were okay. interested in. So nice. I went ahead and typed up a letter, yeah. hand signed it and mailed them out. Nice. Didn't hear anything from anyone. Uh, the very, and I was living out of town at the time. So I came to San Antonio that weekend and I actually went to these houses and knocked on the door, didn't answer, but I left a note. Well, nice. one of those uh, residents gave me a call. And, and that's, this is the house I'm living in today. And I bought it with like $50,000 in equity. Nice. Yeah. Just pre foreclosure situation. Just keep moving forward, right? It, it, you just never know when it's going to break your way. And, right. uh, you know, too many people get discouraged. I kept, you know, some new investors, right? When you have a YouTube channel and you have a book, all of that, people come to you and I can't tell you how many people go, well, I made 10 offers and nothing happened. I'm like, 10 offers? I've, I have made 10 offers in a day before. What are you talking about yeah. 10 offers, right? Yeah. <laughs> so That's hilarious. So let me tell you a story that's pretty interesting, Michael, that, yeah. you know, uh, that kind of, I, I like to think outside the box. I try to figure out uh, uh, how I can make something happen. Yeah. So when I, this property I was just telling you about, that was a foreclosure um, that I paid $197,000 for. That was in February that I yep. closed on it. Well, my offer had been accepted in January. So, you know, I'm going through the process of, of getting that deal closed on. And that's when this pre-foreclosure situation came about. Okay. So here is the second opportunity. Well, I did have money saved up, the 20% for that foreclosure that I was under contract. Yeah. And I didn't have any more money. Huh. So, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, how can I make this happen? And then I thought about, well, I bought a foreclosure uh, in 2017 at a great deal. And I know it's got at least $80,000 in equity. So I contacted my lender who was helping me to close on that deal I had under contract. Yeah. And I said, hey, look, I got another opportunity. I got an idea on how I want to do it, but I need some more money. And I have a, a property that I bought in 2017. Nice. I should have about $80,000, $85,000 in equity. I need to do a cash out refi. Can you make this happen for me? She said, send me your info. Send me the house, nice. the property information. And man, we got it going and we got it going quick. So about four or five days before I closed on that foreclosure, I was able to close on my cash out refinance. I was able to get another $35,000 in in, uh, cash to be able to acquire the uh, pre-foreclosure situation. And and that was because I had to, I had to pay all the back payments on the house, of course, you know, to stop the foreclosure. Yeah. And, and then the people that were living in the residence, I gave them, they had a little bit of equity left over after, yeah. you know, we came to a negotiation on the price. I gave them half that equity right there. And then yeah. the agreement was give me up to 12 months to refinance that house into my name. And at that point, I'll give you the second half of your equity. There you go. There and you it go. worked out great, man. So, you know, for, for those listeners that are out there, you know, don't, if you run into a barrier, 
you know, try to see, is there another solution? Don't just stop and quit. You know, don't say I can't do it, figure out how can I do it? Yeah. And I love how you've, you, you're buying, right. You're losing cash out refis appropriately. You're not going out buying any toys, right? Ruben, you're not going to take that money and buy any. I'm debt free. Other than the the houses, right? Yeah. yeah, I I don't count that. You're debt free. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So uh, I, you know, as somebody looks at your market every day, I just got to ask, um, you know, what are you seeing in San Antonio today? Are prices going up? Listings going up? What's just going on generally speaking? It's crazy what's happening in San Antonio because, uh, you know, I thought this pandemic was going to slow down things, you know, because I'm a real estate agent now as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I really thought that things were going to go south and they did not. They actually increased. Uh, One thing I did notice during the pandemic is that actual physical showings slow down a little bit. So I had a listing at the time and I went ahead and, and had a virtual Matterport video shot and oh nice and it sold soon after that. Now things have picked up. People are going to the houses and looking, uh, but prices have gone up. I mean, houses are not sitting on the market very long, so no. it's very competitive. Uh, it's definitely a seller's market right now. Yeah, definitely a seller's market. I'm curious when you look at who's buying because what I'm seeing, at least in my market, same same deal, right? But I'm seeing one oddity that I've never seen before, uh, and that is it's very owner occupant dominant, right? I've been doing this 20 years. There was always kind of like this, you know, invest, like you and I, right? We're investors. There was always a way for us to find deals. The last three or four months, five months, everything that's even close to a deal gets bid up by so much that's no longer a good investment deal, mm-hmm. right? All the owner occupants are just swarming over the lack of inventory. Is it the same in San Antonio or not? Yes, yes. We, we have a lot of owner occupants coming in. You know, we yeah. got people that are coming from out of state, you know, uh, San oh, Antonio wow. the, or the state of Texas alone is really Increasing. Booming. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's booming. You know, uh, Texas is a great state, and yeah, we we get a lot of people from California that come. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you know, do. and and the prices of the homes over there, you know, for what you know, I don't know what the uh, the market is like, but I know it's very very expensive. Uh, very. So what they very what they, very 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 <laughs> very expensive. Right. What they sell a house that's a twelve hundred square foot in California, they could probably buy a three thousand or four thousand square foot house here in the probably in the San Antonio area. Yeah, areas. with no mortgage. <laughs> yeah, with no mortgage exactly. So that's that's a tough competition there sometimes. Yeah. So uh, let's just get this. Uh, let's just get this out now. We'll do it again at the end. If you have anybody that's watching this, that's either a interested in moving to San Antonio or looking for investments there, Ruben, since you're a realtor, let's see if we can make your phone ring. What's your, what's your phone number? Uh, my phone number is 210-275-0791. Uh, I also have a website that they can schedule awesome. and it's uh, www.sanantonioreelestateinvestors.com. Very cool. We'll hit that again at the end. Uh, but right, just because you. you brought that up, um, you never know. Somebody might be looking to move from California or New York to Texas and call Ruben. He knows it's San Antonio. He is an investor. Uh, so he'll know what the, know what's going on there. Uh, so I'm curious, where what's your vision, right? So you're still full-time employee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do you have a, a like an age or a year where you're going, you know what, I'm going to retire then have you thought about that or yes sir i I sure have i actually right now you asked me that question today my answer is uh, i'm looking at trying to do eight more years that'll give me a heart a hard 30 with the department oh nice Uh, i've always had a personal goal of doing 30 years of service sure um so i mean that'll get here before you know it oh yeah Um, eight eight years yeah that's cool and and on the real estate side uh, i always had a goal of acquiring at least 10 properties 
don't want to overdo it. At least I say that today, maybe things will change. I've also been thinking about maybe my afterlife of DPS of maybe even starting a property management company, but I'm not too sure yet on that, but it's, it's been a thought. Very, very cool. So I I love the idea of 10 properties, right? I I Mm -hmm. teach and talk about every, you know, everybody should get to four. And then if if you get to four, which clearly you're at Ruben, then you go to 10, right? That's kind Mm -hmm. of the jump. And then if you're at 10, then you could talk about 25. But these people that I talk to that goes, I want a hundred or God forbid you tell me you want a thousand. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? What? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Because some social media guru told you, you have to think that big. Just first, if you're at zero, let's get you to one. And if yes. we can get you to one, let's get you to four. And if we can get you to four, let's get you to 10. Uh, so I like the way you think. Yeah. You just got to take it slow. Don't, don't rush into it. I, you know, after the uh, bigger pockets uh, episode, I got bombarded with a lot of phone calls and, and uh, some of the individuals that were calling me, like you said, they're thinking, well, I want to do this. I want this. This is my plan. Oh, slow down. Yes. Slow down a little bit. Let's take it one step at a time, you know, because uh, they can get dangerous if you're trying to go too fast, too quick. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that's really, I call it unfortunate, and you can use whatever word you want, is real estate investing, there's a lot of people that it just excites you, right? People get dollars mm-hmm. in their eyes and it dances, right? And then I call it the shooting star, right? They come in, they're just a blaze of activity. And then poof, they're gone. They've never done anything. Mm-hmm. That's why I like your approach. It's, I, I call it 20 minutes a day. It's, that's mm-hmm. all it takes, right? Go focus on your criteria, hit it, hit it every day. And then when you hit it, you're done, right? Go do your, right. go do your job, right? right. Yep. And then you, you, know, you can build a portfolio like Ruben has one at a time. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with one rental at a time. Yeah, I, I, when I first heard about you, Michael, and and I saw uh, the your slogan, I was like, man, he is so right. Because uh, I can relate to that because that's exactly what I've been doing is just one at a time. It's, it's just beautiful. So again, so eight more years of, of uh, service. So get your 30 years, uh, get to 10 doors. What, so I'm, I'm just guessing you, oh, wow. So you're at five. You probably get to 10 doors before you're retired, I'm guessing. You probably do that first before the eight. Well, uh, we just closed on three acres of land, me and my wife. Oh, okay. So now our focus is building our forever ah, home. So, sure. so, so that's going to, you know, that's going to slow it down a little bit. For sure. Right? You know, so uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see but you're goes. also in a house now. Does this, the house that this you're in be become number six? Number six? Ah, yeah, absolutely. So you're already sitting on number six, man. You're, you're playing games. No, I'm right. Just I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the good thing is that when I refinanced uh, this pre-foreclosure, I was living in it. So yeah. it's an owner-occupant situation. Lower rates. Yep. Lower rates. There you yeah, go. So, I mean, it's a $1,000 mortgage, right? Okay. And what I would it rent like for? Any idea? $1,550 to, to $1,600. Oh, there you go. Uh, the other thing I've seen in Texas, and um, just so people know, is property taxes reset every year. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're expensive, man. Uh, here in San Antonio, um, like this house, you know, the market value of this house is about 190000 So you're looking at about forty four dollars to $4,500 uh, of property taxes. So let's call it 40, what would make easier math? 45. 45. So that's how much is that a month? That's 12, there's three. It's like, whew, just under 400. Wow. Right. And then what, and again, what people need to hear is, Actually, you just closed on it, right? So maybe we can talk about your first house. When you closed on your first house, property taxes were probably three grand, thirty-one hundred, something like that. Yeah, thirty-six, thirty-seven hundred. And then what are they there. today? 
uh, they're in the 4400s. Yeah, so it's on the same street as this house. Nice. So folks, <laughs> I want you to hear that. This is this is a thing um, in Texas, you just have to be aware because I've, I knew a lot of people that bought in 08 because that's what kind of fo forced us there, right? Property taxes are a lot more expensive than 08 today than mm -hmm. more expensive today than 08. And that really can eat into your cash flow because it does reset every 12 months. Right. And yeah. typically up. <laughs> typically, yeah. I, I, I have seen that one year it actually went down. Yeah, but it can go down. Very, but very, little. very, very little. Not much. Yeah, <laughs> not much. It'll so catch up. <laughs> yeah, it'll catch up. So any other closing thoughts? Let's talk about the newbies, Ruben, maybe if they didn't see your Bigger Pockets episode again, number 22. Bigger Pockets rookie, number 22. Uh, what are some words of advice you have for rookies or newbies? Is, is to have a team. Oh. You know, have a team for your maintenance, for your repairs. You know, uh, that first house I tried to do, I'm not going to say everything, but a lot of it. Yeah. And no, that, that didn't work. That didn't work. <laughs> So now I have my team. I, I've been, I've met some uh, great contractors just to, through trial and error referrals. Yeah. And I, I got a pretty good team now. So I really take care of those guys. Nice. You know, as soon as they get the job done, I call my tenant, make sure everything went well, no concerns. And I pay them right away. Cause yeah. when, and then it when does call, sound like you self-manage. Yes, I do self-manage. Yeah. yeah. And I use cozy. I oh, use cozy okay. for that. And it's been great. And and as long as I have cozy, I got my systems in place already. I've learned a lot on webinars and yeah. and, uh, and for people pockets. that don't know what cozy is, can you tell them what it is? Yeah, cozy is an online software that helps you manage uh, properties. And mm -hmm. as far as I know, it's still free to for landlords. And I think even for tenants, um, I don't think there's a cost unless you use like a credit card to pay for right. for your rent or uh, well, I require a background check and a, and a yep. criminal Absolutely. A background and a credit check, and they have to pay for that. Yep, of course. But other than that, I don't think there's any, any cost. So any, uh, any crazy landlord-tenant stories? There's always one. Yeah, you know, um, I had uh, a, an applicant that uh, she had just um, separated from her husband, and, you know, she had three kids, and her income was good. Her credit was not the best. Um, and so I had a little bit of concern and I said, okay, tell you what, well, I required a little extra deposit. security deposit yep. and I only did it for six months. Okay. And, and knowing that I know that more turnovers can be expensive, Oh yeah. but, but I was a little nervous. I'd, I'd rather be only committed for six months sure. and, and, uh, and take that chance versus a year and, and have to deal with that for such a long time. And sure enough, uh, everything went well for the first uh, three months. Month number four, she was late, uh, and I did charge her the late fees. Sure, I, I didn't, I didn't waive any of that. Month number five, she was late, and then uh, one month number six, she was late again. And I'm so glad that I had the extra security deposit. I'm so glad that it was only six months. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it. I was. I had the house uh, vacant for seven days to clean it because there, yeah. there was a mess. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, doors in, in the master bath was, was destroyed. Wow. I had to replace that, replace the door jam. And uh, so I, I, that's the only vacancy rate. I better knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That, that I've had to deal with in, in yeah. my time. Ah, seven days. Ah. But I had, yeah, but I had the money to cover it. So it was not that big of a deal. Very, very cool. You know, it's 
as long as you got your funding in place, you got your reserves. Yeah. You know, it's just a thorn on your side. It's not something that's you're stressing, you know, over it. Very cool. Ruben, this has been so much, so much fun for me. Again, you can do this thing one rental at a time. You can do it with a full-time job. It takes focus and consistency. I wish you nothing but the best. Give your phone number one more time and your website, just in case anybody wants to reach out. Yes. My number is 210-275-0791. If I don't answer, it's probably because I'm at work. So please leave me a message. Send me a text message as well. Uh, Also, my website is www.sanantoniorealestateinvestors.com with an S, www.sanantoniorealestateinvestors. Very cool, Ruben. Well, thank you very much for this. It's always great to talk to another landlord doing it the right way. I wish you nothing but success. Go get that 30-year uh, you know, uh, of service and uh, good luck getting the 10. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate Thank you, it. Buddy. Yep. Thanks.